Hello, Tom Myers here. If you're like me and you've got a lot to say, a lot of stories to share, a lot of opinions to give, then listen up. I'm going to talk about something that's going to take your passion for podcasts to the next level. I'm talking about the 7 Million Bikes podcast course. This is the podcasting course you need. Imagine having the skills, the knowledge, and the confidence to create, produce, and grow a successful podcast. And you're not doing it alone. I'm talking about Neil Mackay, the podcast guy, founder of 7 Million Bikes Podcasts. He knows what it takes to turn your passion into a podcast that stands out. He's going to guide you through everything from podcast ideas that resonate to nailing that audio production and even editing your episodes like a pro. With 23 tutorials and over three hours of video content, this course is packed with practical tips, real-world examples, and everything you need to know to get started. Just $97 for a wealth of knowledge that'll set you up for podcasting success it's a no-brainer think about it less than a hundred bucks to unleash your creativity share your story and potentially even turn your passion into a profitable business people like ian payton who's taken the course launched their own podcast and already in the top 10 percent of podcasts worldwide and you could be next the seven million bikes podcast course is your ticket to podcasting greatness. Go to the link in my show notes right now and let's make your podcasting dream a reality. Hi, I'm A.A. Ron, the owner and producer of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. Bombing Run, the original comedy combat game show. It's an hour's worth of comedians clashing with their jokes. And soon to be released, Orbs Wacky World, a talk show with a twist. It will be a mix of comedy, unusual questions and music with orb as the host oddly funny productions we might be odd but we bring the funny to you that's a-w-d-l-y funny productions hey everyone it's me again if you're tired of listening to this show with all these ads in the way go ahead and subscribe to my patreon in addition to listening to this show without the ads you also get extended versions of these episodes and bonus clips as well doesn't cost that much you can get plans for as low as one dollar a month you can show the love and your support just go to patreon.com slash tom myers spelled m-y-e-r-s and subscribe and listen and enjoy today again that's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Tom Myers versus the rest of the world. Leaked audio recordings of House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy looking to calm the rhetoric from his side of the aisle and even getting Donald Trump to resign as a result of what happened at the Capitol on January 6th were leaked. In addition, there have also been more texts from uh, Republican legislators urging the Trump White House to get the protesters to stop and leave the Capitol that day. Republicans have become very boring if none of the texts they sent that day featured dick pics sent to their mistresses. Marjorie Taylor Greene testified at a hearing to determine if her possible involvement in the events of January 6th means she's ineligible to run for re-election. Remarkably, it wasn't classified as an attempted terrorist attack, as Marjorie Taylor Greene swearing to tell the truth would result in a lightning bolt hitting the courthouse. (laughs) (laughs) Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan tweeted that he was against the idea of canceling student loan debt. So now he's in favor of fucking college students in two ways. 
<laughs> Baltimore and Washington, D.C. are among two of the cities looking to hold World Cup matches. If you think about it, thanks to the Orioles and Nationals, a game where the home team scores very little or not at all is perfect for Baltimore and D.C. in the summertime. <laughs> Kim Kardashian caught hell for posting a pic that made it look like her belly button was airbrushed out of the photo. She may have had her pants pulled up over her navel, to be fair, <laughs> thus starting the trend of dressing like you're 70 years old. Weather in the Northeast and Mid-Atlantic portions of the United States continues to fluctuate. It must be easy to live in a place like Southern California where they have one long season, eternal hellfire and damnation. On a serious note, it really does seem like they've had the one season out there, whereas here on the East Coast, in the past few months, we've had like 80. And now on with the show. Please join me in welcoming Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, and Devine Kerr. Hey, hey. Welcome. Hey, everyone, welcome. So how's everyone doing this week? Well, I already told you guys our big news, which is that after two plus years of avoiding COVID, we, well, I, I have not tested positive yet, but um, someone else in my household has, so it's been kind of a bummer, and we don't know where we got it, you know, or where it came into our lives, but uh, it might have been jury duty for, uh, for Greg last week, because apparently they aren't requiring masks anymore, and most people weren't wearing them, so fun times. Yuck. I thought everything's supposed to be over. Right. Yeah. Right. As cases are skyrocketing. And now everybody that I know that was like super careful for two years is just like left and right getting it. Not on this podcast. It's not over like other comedy designated podcasts. (laughs) So we just can't will it to be over because we're sick of it. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. I like how in our our little group chat that we had before the show, like we all gave each other like ad- advice, like, you know, don't cough on the screen. You know, we should all wear masks <laughs> while we're doing this. And then secondary was just asking if Abby was OK. It's like I've trained all you guys well. <laughs> the show must go on. Devine, how about yourself? Well, it's um, Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month starting since yesterday. And um, ironically, that same day, somebody posted a post about how it's a whole diverse production and it includes everybody in every culture, but there was not one single Asian comedian listed in that list. On the first day of AAPI of Heritage Month. So I was a little pissed off about that today, but it's okay. I'll just be like a good Asian and keep it all inside and swallow my bitterness. Until you come on a show like this, in which case, just let it rip, please. All right. <laughs> Think of all the educational achievement that will inspire for you, Devine. I mean, (laughs) got to channel all that energy into into something. Jeff, how about yourself? Uh, I'm pretty excited about that bridge that they are planning on uh, adding to take people over the bay toward the eastern shore. I'm sure that won't cause any new traffic, but in about 10 years, it'll be great. What do you think about it? I mean, I think any opportunities for people to, you know, flee the cities, as my ancestors have, to try and create a life for themselves will automatically be thwarted by overpopulation to the point where it's already gotten to the point where people want me to sign petitions to stop growth in our particular community. I'm like, okay, well, how long have you lived here? And they said, oh, well, they'll say, oh, I've been here about, you know, five, 10 years. Like, 
Meanwhile, I live in the same house my grandfather's purchased in 1953. So like I'm of the I'm of the perspective that like if you weren't here in 1997, you know, you should get the hell out. <laughs> At which point I think a lot of the people on the Eastern Shore are going to there's going to be a small portion of them that are going to start turning into, well, me. Is it haunted? It sounds scary. They're going to turn into you. They should only no. be so lucky. <laughs> With his recent purchase, Elon Musk will successfully do something that I didn't think was possible. Make Twitter more toxic. <laughs> One of the things Elon Musk said he was going to do was work harder to chase bots off Twitter. Given his past practices at running Tesla, he means he's just going to let other users hurl racial epithets at them until they get fed up and leave. Joining us tonight to discuss Elon Musk's acquisition of Twitter and the fallout that that could bring, please welcome Anna Phillips. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Uh, welcome to the show. We're certainly happy to have you. So uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Elon Musk purchasing, uh, purchasing Twitter? Well, I'm glad that you asked me, Tom, because uh, I had to f- remember which rich person that was. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like Warren Buffett, uh, Elon Musk, like uh, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, they're all the same to me. I don't want to know how much money they have or who's the richest because I will like start daydreaming about robbing them. Like, <laughs> and, it's, not uh, bad, and not, it's not a bad daydream yeah. to have, obviously. I mean, I mean, it's not healthy, though, but no, um. Twitter like I mean I think he just wants to like do whatever he wants so he's just basically like Trump did he Trump wanted to do whatever he wanted illegally or whatever so he had to become president so he could like do whatever he wanted so Elon Musk doesn't want to be banned from Twitter so I mean he's rich enough to just be like you know what I'm a, I'm just gonna have to buy you so <laughs> that's kind of gangster yeah you know I mean Forget like giving people health care, feeding them or anything. I mean, yeah, go ahead and take over an entire virtual town square. Now, my my thing is a, a lot of you know, comedian friends, which just kind of shocks me. The, the fact that, you know, they're sort of happy about the fact that someone with billions of dollars just go ahead and blow is taking over this. Like thinking that uh, it's going to it's going to be great, like a lot of voices that have been, quote unquote, silenced in the past are going to be, are going to be coming back, like not knowing that, you know, that could inadvertently maybe result in them uh, being silenced, like having some sort of unintended consequences. Like if you do like one, I think the the fear is that if you do like one Elon Musk joke, like his ego is so fragile. Like this is a guy who's, this is a guy who's, who canceled like Tesla orders for people who for famous people who criticized him. Like, like what's does, this, a, like, does a drone come down and slap you and then just fly away? Like, is that what happens if you criticize him on Twitter now? He's so petty. <laughs> right. I mean, do you see, I mean, is there a possibility that something like that could happen in terms of uh, like what could happen with, with Twitter? Well, I mean, it's a possibility, you know, it's ridiculous though. Like I'm, I would, I'm not like for it. I'm not one of those comedians who's like, yes, this is a good thing. Um, and I think it's because I'm not afraid to be canceled because I've canceled myself like five years ago because I couldn't deal with the stress of anticipating it. So I just canceled myself. So like, and these other comedians, like maybe, maybe you want to say something that isn't appropriate, but it's not really about comedians. Hopefully he'll let comedians say whatever they want, but how about like, you know, white supremacists and stuff like that. 
Whereas like before, maybe 10 years ago, I wouldn't think that would matter. Free speech is cool. But now you got people driving to DC to go to a pizza parlor <laughs> and look for it. <laughs> you know, so like, I don't mean like now, I mean, like, I don't even know where I stand, but it's dangerous. He's like Donald Trump in Twitter. Like, I mean, I don't know. I don't like it. I feel like whoever is most excited about like an incredibly privileged, you know, white man from South Africa having, you know, control over speech, those, whoever those people are, I don't want them to have more speech. <laughs> I think the first thing he's going to do is unban, uh, remove the ban off of, uh, off of the former guy and others like him to just simply to send the middle, his middle finger to quote unquote, the libs to show he can do it. And he won't be thinking about what they've said or if it was appropriate or factual, he's doing this for his ego. And part of, one of the people I blame for this is Lauren Michaels for letting this son of a bitch host Saturday Night Live because it showed him that he is above being rich, that he's a personality. And so he's using that to, to further his brand, further his name, and he doesn't give a crap about the consequences. Yeah, you know what? You know what he, he reminds me of? Like a man with a lot of money. <laughs> Could have just left off the a lot of money part. <laughs> I mean, but like men will do that, but not all of them can buy Twitter. So, you know. See, and um, if you're trying to cancel me about being reverse sexist, which is not a thing, I'm already canceled. I just want to let you know that. Well, this is the show to be reverse sexist on. So welcome, Adam. <laughs> is oh, well, time, in that case. Most men, when they spend all that money, it's always like, you spend that much to be less sexy? Like my husband with a PS5, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Is this Anna. the first time you guys are outnumbered? Or has there been another time? Um, I guess not. <laughs> Yeah, no one can remember, apparently, I guess. I don't no, know. Out, outnumbered which way? For more women than men on the well, on the panel. Show, I think that happened the show that you missed, uh, but that one doesn't count. <laughs> I, th I think uh -huh. it was there's traumatic. Been, I think three of these we've done where we've had, where it's just been, it's just been mostly men on the panel. But Anna, you, they weren't know, that yeah, good you know. episodes. They weren't that good. Episode. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tom, for interrupting. <laughs> but Anna, I, I, you, you talk about cancellation and someone being canceled. I don't think that's a real thing because if you can take out your dick and jerk it in front of women and win best comedy album, and if you can say the N word and get caught on video and then sell millions of albums and win entertainer after entertainer award, uh, number one after number one. I don't think it's a real thing. I mean, I think it is It is a real thing when it's convenient for people. So that's the, it's not applied equally, just like everything else. You know, you could also kill black people on camera and get away with it. So like, I mean, that's like not even a really real point, but I, I see what you're saying. It's just like, but a man in, in charge of something like Twitter where other people who are like, crazy can just like get together and say whatever they want be like hey meet me on the corner of walmart and in walmart so we can kill asian people or something or transgender people like i, I don't know I, don't, I mean he's only trying to get rid of bots like not 
crazy people. I'm scared. Can he buy VH1 so I can watch music video clips again? You know, like that would be productive. <laughs> and, and you know, all of that, and we still don't have any edit button on Twitter. You know, like I'm waiting. Oh my god. <laughs> you know what? I mean, honestly, it's kind of like when when those stimulus checks first came during COVID, like. Uh, I was kind of like, you know, I hate Trump. But then when I got that first check, I was like, you know, he all right. I mean, you got to hear both sides. So if he do something on Twitter that makes it benefit me, then I'm going to have to reassess my opinion on it, obviously. I'm like, you know, you know, he Money means talks. well. Money talks. <laughs> my thought on, um, on Musk allowing people like, you know, Donald Trump, Roger Stone, Alex Jones, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene back on, uh, back on Twitter is, I personally, maybe I'm a cockeyed optimist here. I don't think something like that will happen because um, there, there's still, there was that culture at Twitter, especially after January 6th, where a lot of the, a lot of the people who worked at Twitter, like the, the content moderators and everything, they were pushing just, uh, Jack Dorsey for months to go ahead and take Donald Trump off of Twitter because he kept tweeting COVID misinformation and false election stuff. And when it culminated into to, uh, the attack on the Capitol, that was sort of the the final straw. So, I mean, am I am I being too much of an optimist to think that those kind yes. of figures won't be back on? You okay. are. <laughs> I mean, like, well, I don't know. I don't keep up with um, Elon Musk everyday activities, but has he changed his like opinion about COVID? Like, is it real to him or what? Because like. I mean, why wouldn't he let Trump or somebody like that back on if he has, I know he don't like him, but like, I mean, he has crazy ideas too. And he, like, he, he supported Kanye West. That's dangerous. Anybody who support Kanye West <laughs> scares me. One thing we've seen from him over the past few weeks is his uh, baiting of people on the left by, sh- by saying, I used to be here. I voted for, I voted for Obama. And I was left of center, but now the libs are more extreme than they were. So I'm all the way on the right, as if one side is uh, is being is acting the same as the other side. One side st- is storming the Capitol and trying to overturn lawful votes, and the other side isn't. But he's saying that the that the liberal side is becoming more extreme. And I think that shows where he's headed. But according to that graphic, though, the years 2008 to 2021 don't exist. That's what you don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe, you know what? Maybe he'll like erase everything until now, you know? Then no one can go back 10 years and look at a bad tweet and then we'll all start fresh, you know? Like maybe he'll do that, but. Given my history, I would love that. (laughs) <laughs> you, you know what he does to the tesla users if you accidentally activate your self car uh, self-driving mode it charges you like ten thousand dollars extra without your consent what because, yeah because i i own a tesla and i i was driving and i i made a wrong turn and it changed you stop it i do it for environmental i got the cheap one that people snob okay <laughs> i'm doing it to really you know oh man i get the, the building <laughs> I saw his face. People give me that look too. I don't know why my neighbors are all like, Davian, my husband bought a Tesla, but not like yours, not the cheap shit. And I'm like, what is, what is that? I was so uncalled for, you know? But what I'm trying to say is I was changing lane and the car moved me because it has sensor. And I did not 
add that built-in, the, um, the self-driving, but if it activates it too much, it, it bills you on your credit card because it's directly linked. And that's $10,000, like boom. And, and they the, can't say anything about it. It's part of their disclaimer. They can just milk your money like that. Are you telling me that you got charged $10,000? Not me, not yet, but I'm, I'm worried oh, about it. okay. Woo. I was about to say, we need to kill Elon Musk. <laughs> he must die. Oh, this is recorded. Never mind. I was just kidding. That, Honestly, I make. To jokes. be fair, that's the bit that's going for the Patreon people. So if people really want to, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, no and, more. No, I'm not, me, I don't need to say any more violence about it. Like you know, that's all. I, I don't have enough subscribers to get that to be like. A, <laughs> one of the conservative voices happy about Elon Musk buying Twitter is Ben Shapiro, and in this clip, it's no secret about what he wants Musk to do with this new acquisition. When Musk takes over the company, he should do what every boss at every company does, and he should review the employee list and figure out who is good and who is bad, not purely on the basis of politics, but on the basis of performance. And the good news is many of these employees are already sounding off on Elon Musk, and, um, and they've given him good excuse to fire them. And then finally, and this is the most important thing, Musk needs to come in and he needs to fire everyone. I mean everyone. Okay, Twitter has hundreds, if not thousands, of employees. There have been studies done of the donations, the political donations of the people working at Twitter. 98.7% of all donations from the people working at Twitter went to Democrats in the last election cycle. 98.7%. So it doesn't matter what rules Elon Musk sets top down if the so-called Twitter deep state is still implementing its favored policies. I mean, this is in the same episode. So he's basically just advocating like two completely different sets of employment criteria in the same episode. Like, well, yes, if if they have if they have good performance reviews, they should uh, go ahead and they should go ahead and stay. But you could have a perfect uh, record. Uh, but if you contribute to Democrats, like in Ben Shapiro's mind, that should be cause for Musk to fire him. I mean, it 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 is a dichotomy, and I can kind of relate to that because like I'm against violence, yet. I believe that Ben Shapiro should get punched in the face. How many people is he talking about? 98% of the people should be fired. How many is that? He said there's hundreds, not thousands of employees. So I don't know. But Jeff, do you know, can you explain to me? I feel like you're the one that would know this. How is it? I, are they calling people's like, how do they know that where these employees are donating their political money to? Campaign contributions over a certain amount are public record. Okay, so only if it's open. And then, so they're basically stalking employees of of Twitter. Yes, and I think he's uh, making this number up. I don't think he's looked it up. I don't think he's done the research. But it's not like conservative media is big on facts. So he can say it and Mm -hmm. people are going to believe it. But also, are they located? Sorry, I I clearly know absolutely nothing. I mean, if they're located in Southern California, the chances are that everybody there is. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of like saying like a place with, you know, a bunch of employees who live in D.C. is like shockingly liberal. And it's like, yeah, because D.C. is super, you know, I don't know. It just like there feels like there's some stuff missing out of this equation that would maybe paint a more full picture if we knew more information. He's also profiling. So which is probably not a big surprise, but. If he said everybody in San Diego is okay, but not anybody in Los Angeles, uh, that he'd be getting the same point across. And he's 
uh, overcharacterizing by zip code. It's it's horrible what he said. I mean, and 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 Donald Trump used to contribute to Democratic candidates all the time before he ran for president. It was just the nature of you know he lived in he lived in New York and you know and in in, a, in New York City, Democrats pretty much reigned supreme there. I mean, if anything, it's just people like people in that kind of situation. They're they're really hedging their bets. It's like when you when you look up records and you see, um, at least in where I am, like if there's a business, say an auto dealership, they'll give to like a gubernatorial candidate of one party, and then they'll go ahead and contribute an equal amount to a candidate of the other party. So it's there. It sounds kind of sleazy, but I mean, for their own business interests, it's it's they're just protecting their own uh, they're protecting their own spine. And I, I should note that contributions, at least on the local and state level, like any amount, you can go and look up whoever contributed what dollar amount, whether it's as low as a dollar or as high as like 2400 or whatever the local uh, maximum allowed donation is. That poor intern who had to cross-reference hundreds of employees, <laughs> spreadsheets of hundreds <laughs> of employees. With their... I don't think he's going to like, really regulate anybody on there it's going to be like the wild wild west but i don't think he's going to try to get rid of democrats or or conservatives or anybody because the, he's not a politician he's a businessman like the more money the merrier you know like, i don't think he's going to like go after specific groups but i could be wrong he is a man the eccentricity of elon musk is nothing new as seen in this cnn clip from 1999 some could interpret purchasing this car as behavior characteristic of an imperialistic rat. That's the engine. And are you? No, I'm not. It comes with its own set of luggage, actually. Or at least, it's not consistent with the rest of my behavior. I expect to receive a car that I've just bought, which is called McLaren F1. There are 62 McLarens in the world, and I will own one of them. It's a million dollars for a car. It's, it's, uh, it's decadent. Back in 95, there weren't very many people on the internet, um, and certainly nobody was making any money at all. Uh, most people thought the internet was going to be a fad. Wow, I can't believe it's actually here. It's pretty wild, man. This is definitely very cool. I like it a lot. Congratulations. Just three years ago, I was showering in the, yeah, at the Y and sleeping fun. on the office floor, and now, um, Obviously, I've got a million-dollar car and quite a few creature comforts. It's just a moment in my life. <laughs> I mean, what strikes me about that clip is, I mean, you can go back and watch the clip online. He's more excited about the car than he is about his fiance trying to hug him. I mean, I'm surprised, like, he even has a family now because just from that video wait, and from wait. his other interviews, I just believe that he had no genitalia. It's almost like his parents like created their own little Ken doll and like they summoned some demon to bring him to life. Have you ever touched a McLaren? I'm sorry. This is like when you touch that car, it touches you back. Okay. That's all. Yeah, but when yeah, he McLaren didn't... touches you, Devine, does it ask for, for permission first? Of course it does. But what I'm saying is the McLaren is so sexy. I would be single till the end of time if I had one. Okay. Like, I don't need anything anymore. I'll just ride that car. It's amazing. I've touched one and it was, I still have goosebumps from it. <laughs> wow. 
that is probably like the nicest defense of Elon Musk I've ever heard. Not him, the car. Elon yeah. Musk is not McLaren. <laughs> McLaren's. I'm defending. What was that CNN story supposed to be about? Like, at tune in at 7:20, rich guy <laughs> shows off expensive car fiance slightly jealous like what what's the headline here i don't why do i care about that oh i don't think anybody cares about that in 2022 i don't know how old that video is but probably <laughs> back, you know like back then a million dollar car was probably like a big deal and so people were like oh wow look at this person i don't know some people might have said idiot some people like impressive capitalist i don't know but like either way it probably when it happened because he looks much younger in that thing so yeah he looks well yeah it was in uh 1999 and that was when i think it sort of like really eccentric cars came into being and then that was when the it was before the tech bubble burst so i think he was one of the people in uh in tech so it was like anything that they did like if they bought like if, if they went out and bought cantaloupe or something, like it made the top of the headline news on on uh, on HLN. It was a different time then. A sad time. The very public disaster behind Donald Trump's new social media platform, Truth Social, is no secret. Much like the public disaster behind the creation of the actual site itself and the public disaster of its creator. As we can see in this clip, from his recent rally in Ohio. But they were confused and they conspired to ban me from every social media platform on the face of the earth. Millions and millions of you had already experienced big tech's vicious censorship. Because of this digital tyranny, we had to give the American people their voice back by building something called Truth, truth Central, Truth Social. And I think Truth Social is going to do well. It's moving along nicely. It's got to be like really bad when you know the founder of the site like doesn't even take the time to pronounce it correctly. I mean, he'd be better off just saying like, "Yeah, just come here, look at this shit that I created. <laughs> maybe it'll work, maybe it won't." You know, <laughs> he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it because he was concentrating so hard on pronouncing digital tyranny. Like, you know, like that he was, he had memorized it. Uh, he forgot to remember the name of the company, though. Like, don't I mean, the, say Tyrannosaurus again. Not Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> no Veve either. I just want to point out that that press conference was in the most boring sounding place in the United States that I've ever seen. Delaware, Ohio. <laughs> Damn. You insulted two states at once. That was impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Elon Musk would let you tweet that. <laughs> and on that note, that's our show. I want to thank Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, Devin Kerr, and Anna Phillips. Thank you, thank you. But before we go, my final thought. We really are living in a world where the future is uncertain. Norms to which we have become accustomed are changing quite alarmingly and without warning. For example, Testimony about Amber Heard has done something I never thought was possible. Make Johnny Depp look normal. <laughs> People are now giving Amber Heard crap, pun intended, about her defecating in bed. They don't realize that there are people out there who are just dying so they can shit their beds in peace. Oh.
If anything, think of Amber Heard as being ahead of her time. Good night. This episode was written and hosted by Tom Myers with panelists Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, and Dean Kerr and guest Anna Phillips. Theme music by Euron Vandenhurek. Executive producers Tom Myers, Matt Connerton for IPM Nation, and Eddie Carson for Odyssey Radio. Thank you for listening, and please visit tommyers.us. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you want to listen to more of this episode, go ahead and subscribe to my Patreon. There you can get extended versions of episodes like this one, as well as bonus clips. You can even listen to regular episodes without all these pesky little ads through which you have to fast forward. Doesn't really cost that much. Plans as low as $1 a month. Go to patreon.com slash Tom Myers, spelled M-Y-E-R-S. Show the love, subscribe, show your support today. That's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Hi everyone. I'm Orb. I am not the official spokesperson for Ugly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. A-A-Ron is tied up right now. <laughs> Shut up, I'll untie you in a minute. Here at Oddly, we're producing some great shows. Bombing Run, where comedians compete to see who's Joker Ace. And Orb's Wacky World, a talk show with a mix of comedy, uncomfortable questions, and music hosted by yours truly. When you think of comedy, think of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y, funny productions. Now, how do I get out of here? Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.